Today we're in this series that we're calling What's the Point? You've all probably had a what's the point experience in your life. It was, uh, I'm guessing, 10 years ago, maybe some, somewhere around there, 10 years ago, uh, Cedar Creek overflowed its banks big time. Some of you remember reading in the papers about damage in Auburn. Uh, they didn't report on the damage outside of town. I live just out of town, just about two city blocks from Cedar Creek. When it overflowed its banks, it went into my house. We had three inches of muddy, bacteria-filled water in our basement. So I took six months of my time, every evening, every weekend, every holiday, three months vacation, working on my basement, tearing out everything that needed to be torn out, uh, splintered some of the oak uh, trim around the doors as we were trying to pry it off uh, and had to replace it. Uh, I had to replace all our carpet, cut out the drywall 24 inches up all around. It was a finished basement. It cost me $10,000 out of pocket and all that time doing that. And I thought many times, what's the point? This is a donkey mission. It's getting me no place. We're going nowhere with this. It's just a big money and time drainer. Anybody ever had one of those things in your life? That's a donkey mission. What do you get out of it at the end other than your life back in some kind of order? <clears throat> that was a donkey mission. So we are we're really building our message from this story that comes from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 9. We read it last week, but we've got some new folks here this morning that weren't here last week. So I want to bring us all to sp up to speed by reading the first four verses of this story that we're building on. It starts in verse 1 of 1 Samuel 9. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of uh, Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphiah of Benjamin. Benjamin was a tribe, so he came from the tribe of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. And he was a head taller than anyone else. Now donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. And Kish said to his son, Go and look for my donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area of Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went on into the district of Shalem, but the donkeys were not there. Then they passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. You ever been on a donkey mission where you were going to accomplish something and it just went on and on and on and no victory, no win in the end? That's a donkey mission, what we're calling a donkey mission. And most probably everybody in this room has been on one at a major scale or a lesser scale. And some of you right now today are probably on a donkey mission. And you said to yourself, what's the point? Why am I going through this? Why am I doing this? Notice he was a Benjamite. Comes from the tribe of Benjamin. And when he's out looking for the donkeys, 
He's got to go through the land of Benjamin. What's the land of Benjamin? What's, what's that got to do with anything? That's, that's his home. That's his roots. That's where he comes from. He's got to go back to his beginnings. He's got to go back to his roots. Good observation for us. In order for him to reach his destiny, he had to go back to his old stomping grounds. If you're going to reach your destiny, you've got to go back and revisit your old stomping grounds. You've got to go back to the beginning. You've got to go back to your roots. You've got to deal with your past. Well, I don't want to deal with my past. <laughs> Neither do you. None of us want to deal with our past. I've got some things in my past I am ashamed of. I don't want people to know about that. I'm trying to forget it. I'm doing everything I can to forget those stupid mistakes I made back then. But if those stupid mistakes have roots to my heart, then I'm taking them with me. I, I, can, I can try to stuff my feelings all I want. I'm not getting victory over it. When you visit your past, it stirs up emotions, stirs up feelings you really don't want to have to deal with. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Because our, all of us have emotions. A lot of us don't show emotions very well, but we have them. They're down on the inside, and they make up who we are. We learn how to cope with our emotions, how to stuff them, how to not react to them, but they're there just the same because that's a part of who we are. That's where we come from. And if we want to reach our destiny, the new man in Christ, we've got to deal with the old man in the world. We have to deal with that. So there's four truths I want to bring out here about dealing with our past that we learn from the story of Saul having to go back to Benjamin looking for the donkeys. Here's the first thing. No detail of our story is insignificant. No detail of your story is insignificant. When you're studying the Bible, no detail is insignificant. Read between the lines and you find all kinds of truth. Seems insignificant, but it's important. Going back to Benjamin seems like it's just donkey mission, but he's got to go through his land of Benjamin. He's got to go back home. Now, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but some of you can figure. Just a couple years ago, I went to my high school 50th reunion. <laughs> I graduated from Eastside High School in 1966. From the second grade up through high school, I went to the, that old school. You know, that used to be right there where the old gymnasium is now. Some of you know where the old gymnasium is in Butler. Every year I was in that gymnasium from the second grade up to the third grade in there all the time. Second and fourth grade, I was in those rooms at the very front. If you, if you know what I'm talking about, there's two classrooms when you first go in the front doors. Those were my second and fourth grade classrooms. But it's been a long time since I've been back in there. So we had our 50th reunion in the old gymnasium. Filled the place up. All the memories that came back. These emotions that I felt back then when I was just a teenager and going through puberty and all those feelings, all those feelings came back to me again. 
Well, right down under those bleachers down there, that was where the cafeteria was. I only lived two blocks from the school, so I walked home for lunch every day. But on Thanksgiving, I would go down there and have Thanksgiving with everybody else. Everybody ate there for Thanksgiving. Those memories came back. I remember the time I fell off the bleachers, sprained my ankle. That memory came back. I remember when I was in the flutophone band performing on the stage up there. I remember that all those emotions came back. And then the rejection I felt as a kid when the cooler kids didn't want anything to do with me, that came back. And then that high school crush or was it middle school, a crush on some girl who wasn't the least bit interested in me. All those emotions came back. I thought they were out of the picture. But isn't it strange when you go step back into your past again, those, those emotions come back up again? There's things that are really there. It's really a part of us. Saul had to deal with his past, his fears, his shame, his pain from the past. He had to deal with that. If you want to reach your destiny, you got to deal with it. You can't just stuff it. You can't just pretend that's not you anymore. You got to deal with those issues that keep coming up in your life. You can't pretend it wasn't there because it was. Those painful things that happened to you really did happen to you. You have to deal with them. There was a time when I was about fourth, fifth grade, something like that. I don't, know, I don't know why I did this. But I got into this thing of calling kids names, insulting names, put-down names. Called a skinny girl fishworm. <laughs> why, why would I do that? Well, kids just ignored me for a while, and finally somebody ratted on me. Principal called me in the office and gave me the Board of Education. You know that board about three feet long? At Eastside, they had, a, they had a special board of education. It had holes drilled in it so you could get more speed up. Warmed my backside and changed my life. Board of education really does work. Or, or should I say did. Used to. But I'm ashamed that I did that. I hurt some kids' feelings. What did they do to me? Nothing. But I had an opportunity to put them down. As I look back on it, it was because I wanted to feel a little bigger. So I was tearing everybody else down. I see how foolish and immature that was. Maybe you have some things you're ashamed of in your past. You were immature. You did things you shouldn't have. That's your past. Don't take it into your future. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, there's an if there, if we will acknowledge it, if we will take responsibility, if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You want, you want God to look at you as a righteous person? And you have to confess those things. Quit pretending they didn't happen. You can can fool everybody in the church, but you can't fool God. He knows what you used to be. Healing and forgiveness is always found at the foot of the cross. 
So that's the first thing we learned. No detail in our story is insignificant. Here's the second thing. Our past matters to our present more than we realize. You are who you are today because of your past. Those are, those are teaching, learning, and experiences you went through. It's made you who you are. Before Saul could step into his destiny, he had to deal with his past. Now, my, my kids like to give me a hard time because I was raised in northeast Indiana. And my parents taught me how to say wash with, with an R in it. I just learned that. You wash your hands. You wash your clothes. That's just the way it was. I didn't know that's not the way you say it until my kids started giving me a hard time. So I still say it like that every now and then. However, I have learned people think I'm a hillbilly if I say it like that. <laughs> so I become very conscious of how to say George Washington. And yeah. doing okay, Adam? <laughs> you probably have some little things like that that you picked up along the way. Nobody told you, that's the wrong way to say it. That's the wrong thing to do. Those aren't good manners. Nobody told you that. So you still do it like that's normal until somebody calls you on it. The thing I love about God is he keeps calling me on things I need to clean up. Keeps calling me on this. Anything in your life that looks like the past got to change. I remember when I quit smoking because I figured I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be addicted to things. This is is not something I should do, so I need to quit smoking. I had no problem quitting smoking because I made a decision that I was going to follow the Lord. So it wasn't that hard for me to quit smoking. The problem is, what do I do with my fingers? Some of you used to smoke. You know what I'm talking about. That cigarette was a was a fidget gadget. You could always fidget with the, the cigarette. When it's not there anymore, what do you do? What do you do with your fingers? I learned to carry around a pocket full of change. Put my hand in there, jiggle that, jiggle the coins around. That helped. You got to deal with your past. Here's the third thing we learn. What we won't deal with compounds in the future. If you don't deal with it when you're young, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in the future. Saul, Saul was a man who started out well. The end result of his donkey mission is he ran into a prophet who proclaimed him to be king. And he started out a good king. But because he didn't deal with things early on, they magnified and got bigger and bigger until at the end... He was the first king of Israel to be impeached because God had to remove him. Problems later in life because he refused to deal with them early. Is it possible that some of the problems in your life today are because you didn't deal with something early on? 
You just stuffed it and carried it on. <clears throat> some of you have heard this story, but I'm going to tell it again. Some years ago, I was uh, preaching at Beth's nursing home every other Thursday. <clears throat> and uh, I would go in there, and after we would do our church service, I would go around, shake hands with people, and visit, and just build relationships with the, with the folks, pray for people if they needed it. And there was this one resident over there. He was an older guy. I won't give you his name because some of you may know who I'm talking about. But he had some problems. And every now and then, he would just explode in anger. And when he did, he couldn't get around very good, so he couldn't kick anything. But he'd use his mouth, and he'd rant the top of his voice, and everybody would just run out of the way because nobody knew how to deal with him. And I was over there one time, church service, service was over, I was going around, I was shaking people's hands, and he took off. He was angry. He just began yelling and ranting and raving, and there wasn't any, everybody just kind of scattered. And I walked, I just calmly walked over to him. He's still ranting away. And I just walked up, and I called him by his first name, and I said, are you okay? He began going off on me, telling me he wants a woman in his life. And nobody wants to do anything with him. He invited some gal to go watch a movie uh, there at Betz's or play a game or something because they do community events. And this woman rejected him, said no. Off he went. And he kept going on with the story. I'd ask him some follow-up questions. I sat down with him close so he wouldn't have to yell. And the more I listened, the calmer his voice got till we were just having a normal conversation. He told me the story. His wife left him years ago. I can't imagine why. And ever since then, he's been trying to build a relationship with a woman, and nobody wants anything to do with him. Can't imagine why. Here's a man who got deeply wounded way back when, and he's never let go of that pain. Could it be I'm talking to some people here today that got deeply wounded way back when you were a, a child or a teenager or young adulthood? Somebody hurts you deeply, and you've never let go of that hurt? There comes a time it gets so bad, and it gets so out of control, you think it's normal. And everybody else thinks you're a weirdo. I do not want to be a weirdo in the last days of my life. So I have to deal with the pain of my past. Some of you are dealing with some things that are connected to your past. Depression, very likely, is connected to your past. Addictions today are very likely connected to something in the past. You have a problem with jealousy? You have a problem gossiping? It's probably connected to something back there you never dealt with once upon a time. Deal with it now. There are entire churches where the church dynamic is dysfunctional. They never dealt with a problem years ago. They just swept it under the rug. They stuffed their feelings. 
And now here they are, a hundred years later, dealing with some past they don't even remember anymore. All right, here's, here's the, the fourth thing I want us to see. God wants to heal us of those things in our past that can hold us back from our future. He's in the healing business. This is what he wants to do. Donkey missions are a prime opportunity for us to deal with those things. What's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago, right? That's the best time. What's the second best time? Right now. Because it's going to take 20 years to get what you want out of that tree. Well, that was way back then. Yeah, but this is today. If you didn't deal with your past 20 years ago, deal with it today. Because your future is tomorrow. You got to deal with these things. One thing I had to do when we had that flood is I had to call up the dumpster company. They brought this big dumpster out. And I had to fill it up with precious things from my house. You know, we had this big storage room down there. Cardboard boxes everywhere because it's a storage room. Nobody goes through there. So we had these boxes all over the floor. Cardboard boxes. All of the Christmas ornaments that our kids made in school were in those boxes. Precious memories. Crafts that they had made. Out to the dumpster. Fill up the dumpster. One day the senior class at Lakewood Park came over and did a, did a work detail. Hauling the carpet and the carpet pad out to the dumpster. All that debris that I had thrown out the back door, they hauled it up, filled up a dumpster with things that I had to pay for. As a matter of fact, I was still paying for it in my mortgage. Throwing a dumpster. Nobody wants it. Got no purpose anymore. Just had to throw it away. Some of us need to take precious things and throw it in a dumpster. Need to get rid of it. Oh, but I want to hang on to this. I didn't have a choice. God forced me to get rid of it. Had to clean stuff out. And you know what the result was? I had all kinds of room. (laughs) Mark Jennings was in the construction business, and he came over and moved a wall for me. Instead of a great big storage room, I have a much smaller storage room and a great big family room. Yep. There was an advantage out of that. If there was anything good came out of that, it was that. What's more important, the junk I keep in my storage room that I might need someday or family get-togethers? Family room's more important. Learn some important thing. Stuff accumulates in our heart And gets us set for a heart attack. We got to get the stuff cleaned out. How do we get the stuff cleaned out? Sometimes I just got to take it to the dumpster. 
Other times, I need to haul it to the altar. And I need to lay it down. I need to get rid of it. I need to dump it. So let me give you some action steps. Three action steps real quick. Number one, begin to notice when it appears. Self-awareness. Be aware of yourself. You got a pretty good idea what Jesus was like, and you're supposed to be like Jesus, so he's your role model. So what comes out of you that doesn't look like Jesus? Self-awareness. Look for that. Why did I just do what I did? Why do I just feel the way I feel? Is my present pain, does it feel anything like pain I used to have way back then? Do I see a connection? Think about it. Just be aware because God will show you where you need to clean things up. Here's the second thing. Get some help with it. Sometimes you can't deal with this stuff on your own. You need to get some help. One of the fastest growing professions right now is psychology, mental health areas. Because we've just let it go for so long, now we're having mass shootings in, in, in uh, Walmarts and schools with kids, innocent kids. And all of a sudden, America's waking up and saying, we got a problem. I wish America had woken up long before it got out of hand, but they didn't deal with it back then. Now it's a major problem, and it's not dealt with, or it's going to get worse and worse and worse. People have mental issues because they don't have any hope. And Jesus Christ is the hope of this world. Amen. We have a series of groups in our church called freedom groups. And we're, there's not a freedom group growing right now. They're taking a break. But they're going to start another one. And there are people already who have signed up to be a part of a freedom group. They're on the waiting list. The next time we do it, they're going to be the first ones in the door to go through these freedom groups. The purpose of a freedom group is to help you deal with the baggage of the past. And there's some people will never sign up to a freedom group because they want to coddle their past. If I bring it out in the open, people are going to expect me to do something with it. I'd rather stuff it down inside. You're never going to get free. I want to encourage you to sign up. Get your name on the list for a freedom group. And when the next one comes open, you'll be the first one in the door to go through that. Well, already we've had some people go through it and their lives have been dramatically changed because it helped them identify things they didn't know were there. We know where professional counselors, Christian counselors are that can help you that won't just give you drugs to dumb you down to help you deal with the issues. That's the difference between worldly psychologists and Christian psychologists. Christians, we want to deliver you, not just help you cope. Talk to a friend. If you don't have an accountability partner, somebody you can open up with and share with, you're on your own. And the reason we come together on Sunday morning like this in church is because we need fellowship. We need to lean on each other. We need the strength of each other. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though two may be overpowered, two, excuse me, though one 
I wrote the wrong word in there. No wonder. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We need connected to one another. Here's the third action thing. Get rid of it. Haul it to the dumpster. Dump it at the feet of Jesus at the altar. Your past, because your past can limit your future. Where do you want to go in your future? You can't drag your past with you. Pull the hitch pin. Let it go. Keep moving ahead. Let it stay behind you. Our donkey missions going around and around and around the barn, seemingly getting no place, can be the very thing God uses to prepare us to break out of that cycle and go on into the future. Saul had to go through his Benjamin. He had to go back to his past so he could deal with his future. We all have a past. Don't hide your past because you're afraid people won't like you if they found out your past, what your past was. Don't hide that. Don't go around bragging about your stupid past. But it's what made you what you are. It's a part of your story. It's a part of your testimony. Your story just may help somebody else have the courage to go through their story. Can we stand together? Some, uh, I'm over time, but I just feel like I need to tell this story. Uh, some time ago, I had to do a funeral for an older gentleman. Some of you may remember him, Harley Schoonover. Died many years ago, um, and his funeral was at Curl's Funeral Home in Edgerton, Ohio. Um, and while I was inside doing a funeral with the family, uh, there was these, this donkey mission going on outside. And when the funeral was over, got in the funeral coach, and we headed off to the cemetery out in the country. Uh, and Mike Krill, funeral director, and I were in the funeral coach, and we were chatting, and he was telling me what, what happened outside while we were inside doing this service. Seems that this cat got stuck in a tree out behind. And uh, the neighbor saw it, concerned for the cat, so he called up the uh, fire department to come down and help rescue the cat. Fire department came down, got up there on the ladder, found out this cat had his head stuck in a hole. <laughs> Work as he may, that cat couldn't get his head out of that hole. Firemen worked on him, could not get that cat out. So they got the chainsaw out, going to cut the cat out of there. No, cut the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gonna cut the tree. So they start running this chainsaw around where, where the cat's got his head stuck in the hole. Well, you know what? The cat just went crazy. Wasn't going for that. But couldn't get his head out of the hole, so he's kind of trapped. So they called the vet. Vet comes down, gets up there, and gives the cat a shot, puts him to sleep. 
just goes limp. Still can't get him out of there. So they finished with the chainsaw. They finished cutting the top of the tree down. The fell down, took the phone line out. <laughs> Finally, they got the thing cut back to where they could get that cat out of that tree. He had a squirrel in his mouth. <laughs> Would not let go of that squirrel. He'd rather be deca decapitated with a chainsaw <laughs> than let go of the squirrel. He was hanging on for dear life. He wouldn't let go. Will you let go? Jesus wants you to let go. You got to let go of this stuff. You got to let go of this hostility. I feel like there's somebody here today, you're so full of hostility and anger because of what the unfairness of what somebody did to you. And you got to let go of that. You're never going to solve the problem. You're never going to punish that person enough. Let go and let Jesus do it. He'll clean their clock real good. But he won't do anything as long as you keep hanging on to this anger. You got to let go of it. Got to let go of it. Heavenly Father, I pray right now across this room, I believe your Holy Spirit is doing a work in people's lives. Lord, you're speaking to somebody that's got to let go of the past. There's something that happened in their childhood or their teen years or young adults. Something happened to them that was very unfair, very hurtful, and they, they just want to hang on to it. And I'm praying, God, you'll let them let go. Let go. Let them just forgive, forget, to put it in your hands and let you deal with it right now in Jesus' name. Let this forgiveness, let this release just come right now in Jesus' name. All across this room, let the release come. And Jesus, we pray that you'd come through with your spiritual dumpster and collect it all and move all that negative out of these people's lives. In Jesus' name, we pray it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.